Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis Public Radio. It's Friday, April 23rd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A public art exhibition presented by the Pulitzer Arts Foundation is encouraging people to contemplate the nature of intimacy in public. And each visitor to the show may discover something slightly different. I think that the show has a lot of opportunity to make kind of chance meaning or meaning through encounter. I'm really excited for people to have that now. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin will have more on the exhibition focusing on sparking private thoughts in public places in just a few minutes. More details are emerging about this week's sudden departure of Missouri's health director. Governor Mike Parson says he thought it was in the best interest of his cabinet to part ways with Randall Williams. Parson says the pandemic created a, quote, stressful environment. He's not elaborating on specific reasons for the split. Williams' resignation was announced Tuesday. He was the leader of the Department of Health and Senior Services since 2017. Governor Parson hopes to name a permanent replacement in the next couple of months. The Illinois House is considering legislation that would prohibit the incineration of a hazardous chemical called PFAS. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports environmental groups say the measure would ensure cleaner air in the region. The bill by Representative LaToya Greenwood of East St. Louis would ban the burning of any PFAS, including firefighting foam. On Thursday, members of the United Congregations of Metro East gathered near the region's hazardous waste incinerator to encourage its passing. Cheryl Summer is the president of the environmental organization. She says these chemicals are a problem all over the country. Private companies have stockpiles of this PFAS, and they know it's a liability. They can't just keep it around. Summer says a statewide ban would protect communities like East St. Louis, since Veolia's Sauget incinerator was authorized by the Defense Department to burn the substance. A spokesperson for Veolia says the company hasn't burned waste from the DOD and won't voluntarily take material that contains PFAS. In Sauget, I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. The Webster Groves School Board has approved an anti-biased social studies curriculum that could soon be banned by the Missouri legislature. The district will include social justice and other anti-racism lessons into history courses, School Board President David Addison says it's important for the topics to be updated. There's a lot of change that's gone on, and I know that all the teachers are going and, and doing that. And so my, my personal view is that, that all curriculum and the way that we teach, that's, that's going to be something that's evolving over time. So this is sort of one piece of that evolution. House lawmakers advanced a bill this week that would outlaw schools from teaching about systemic racism, It would still need approval in the Senate. Dozens of Webster Grove's parents told the board that they support the new lesson plan. Some inmates at the St. Louis jail, known as the workhouse, could be moved to the St. Louis County Jail. Mayor Tashara Jones is calling for the workhouse to close by July 1st. Spokesman for Jones and County Executive Sam Page tell the Post-Dispatch that the idea has been discussed. An official for Page tells the newspaper that the county executive is open to the concept if the jail has the space and staff for more detainees. The move to possibly close the workhouse comes after criticism about unsanitary and unsafe conditions. 
The Muni's managing director, Kofi Coleman, will take over as president and CEO when Denny Reagan retires at the end of the year. The outdoor theater in Forest Park had an annual budget of $20 million before the pandemic. It's one of the St. Louis region's most prominent arts organizations. Coleman says that high profile carries a heightened responsibility to be a place where everyone is included. I've got a little bit of butterflies, but who? I think that that's the, those, that's the right way to feel in a moment like this because the, the magnitude of what the Muni means in this community and this industry is, is not lost on me. Coleman joined the Muni staff 22 years ago as a teenage usher. He joins a short list of black professionals leading major arts organizations in St. Louis. Anyone walking around the Grand Center neighborhood in St. Louis for the next few months may find themselves in the middle of a public art installation. It's called Wayfinding, and it's presented by the Pulitzer Arts Foundation. It includes 32 signs and images, some with questions and others with statements. The signs bear observations about life and love. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, artist Chloe Bass hopes they will spark contemplation and conversation among visitors. The exhibition is spread out around both sides of Washington Boulevard and a small park on the corner that leads toward Olive Street. Some of the signs are easy to spot. Others are smaller and not obvious until you walk right by them. On a sunny afternoon this week, I met Chloe Bass in front of the Pulitzer Arts Foundation for a guided tour of her work. I asked her what path the typical visitor might follow. They could walk around here, they could walk over there, they could have been coming down the street and seen those over there. Maybe they just saw the huge sign in front of the building, right? There's like a bunch of different ways to do it, but yeah, let's just start walking. The thematic centerpieces of the exhibition are big mirrored billboards with questions on them. Questions about relationships and intimacy. The first three are, how much of care is patience? How much of love is attention? And... How much of life is coping? The fourth mirrored billboard sits up on a small hill across the street from the museum. It says, well, at first I can't quite tell what it says because I can just see on it the reflection of blue sky and puffy white clouds. If you're really far from it, the text is actually very, very clear, like across the street in the parking lot. And then when you cross the street and come towards about where we're standing now, it kind of starts to fade and then it'll come into focus again. So I like that there's this sort of big thing that also has this appearing and disappearing ability. This effect underlines the idea that we all have our own answers to these questions, and those answers might change depending on your view of things. Bass and I walk closer to the sign, and suddenly I can read it. It says, how much of belief is encounter? In a phone call later, exhibition curator Kristen Fleischman Brewer interprets that one. How many times do we have to, you know, do we have to see something or how many times do we have to encounter something to believe it? So if I'm telling you something that has happened to me, do you actually believe me or do you have to encounter that yourself to have that belief? As visitors ponder these questions, they can listen on headphones to an audio collage of local artists reading things about public space. Poet Shiraz Gorman reads excerpts from articles about landscape architecture. As a result, notes should contain graphic and architectural information to assist with those decisions. Five. Black Rep founding director Ron Himes reads some of the policies of the city's Mow to Own program for vacant lots. 
Keep property free and clear of debris and excess vegetation. Comply with... And artist Damon Davis reads online reviews from visitors to the Pulitzer. Sometimes you don't know what's real in an art place like this. There is a gorgeous outdoor endless pool that looks like there is water bubbling. Only it was raining. Quite an illusion. Yeah, it's all a lot to process. And Bass says visitors may take away different meanings depending on how they feel that day. She grew up in New York, but now splits her time between there and St. Louis, where her partner lives. She's worked on past projects at the Pulitzer and the Luminary. Bass says it's her impression that many in St. Louis don't get much exposure to what life is like here for people outside their own group. People's perspectives on St. Louis are really strong, are really personal, are really unique, and that they don't necessarily encounter each other to discuss or really feel through what a different experience might be like. With this exhibition, the point is to provoke private thoughts in public spaces. I think that the show has a lot of opportunity to make kind of chance meaning or meaning through encounter that especially after, you know, a year plus of having so few incidental encounters or incidental experiences due to the pandemic, I'm really excited for people to have that now. So in the end, each visitor gets to experience their own version of the exhibition. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Have a great weekend. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis Public Radio is a service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.